This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. This is Faraz Siddiqui. Thank you for joining us. We took a little hiatus, a little week off last week. Yeah. I was on vacation. With Von uh, Miller. With Von Miller. <laughs> I went to uh, Tulum, Mexico with my wife. It was our first vacation since COVID. We had our kids home for six months between the months of, I think it was March and, and September. They've been home a few weeks at a time here and there because their their school was shut down because of a positive COVID t- case, you know, somewhere in the school or whatever the case may be. Sure. So it was a much needed vacation <laughs> and it, it was nice. And I did end up meeting, meeting Von Miller because we were both at the same beach club. My wife had no idea who he was, <laughs> uh, obviously, uh, but, and all the girls that Von Miller was talking to had no idea who he was either until we came up to them. And, oh, you know, listen, I might have had a couple drinks. You know what I'm saying? So a little <laughs> little liquid courage. I walked right up to him. I was like, hey, man, what's up, big man? You know, like, so we started talking and like all the all, and the girls that he was talking to, um, you know, they were uh, a lot more intrigued, uh, you know, after that, because you sure it wasn't because of you. Oh, it, well, it was because of me, uh, <laughs> you know reacting the way I, I was reacting towards you didn't him flash and, that and, you were upper hand I, fantasy I, 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 no <laughs> I acknowledge acknowledge the fact that like he was big time um and that's how they got super excited so i think he was very appreciative of me which is why he was like hey man let's take this picture and, and get out of here um <laughs> no it was cool though so we went to tulum mexico it was fun it was a good time and then i put so much pressure on joe to you know record a podcast as soon as i got back on thursday but we couldn't we couldn't get it done yeah, while you were in Tulum, I sprained my ankle. Oh, so you couldn't have done the podcast anyway. You can't do a podcast with a sprained ankle. Yes, you can. Yeah, okay. All right. <laughs> All right, I'm just cool. saying that so, was my experience on the week off because you had this awesome Tulum vacation where you met Von Miller. I just kind of sprained my ankle and stayed home, so that's fun. Oh, that sucks, dude. That sucks. Well, you know what? I mean, some people have to have some good weeks. Some <laughs> people have to have some bad weeks. Some people you know? need, need to make sacrifices for <laughs> us <laughs> all right so are you all recovered are we all good for this week i think we had a nice week off well i did at least um (laughs) so we're gonna get back into it this is april that means that is draft month yes we're gonna go over all the prospects from quarterback to tight end to wide receiver to running back we're gonna go through it all this month so that you can kind of guess what our episodes are going to be about throughout 
April. Um, today, we're going to cover the quarterback and the tight end position. Um, we're going to go over the top prospects um, there. Uh, we're going to obviously look at this from a, a fantasy perspective, right? Obviously, you know, you, you have, uh, you know, everybody from Todd McShay to the draft scout to all these guys talking about this stuff in real, you know, NFL, real life terms. And that's great. And all that content is out there, but we're going to focus on the fantasy perspective. Obviously the real life stuff matters and the real life stuff like plays into like how we evaluate these guys as well, but that's the kind of perspective we're going to take. So now I think the tight ends uh, are more important to talk about in, in dynasty purposes, like because outside of Kyle Pitts, you usually aren't considering any tight ends for fantasy purposes. Like you might get excited about some guys, uh, mm-hmm. but I think Kyle Pitts is an exception, right? Because he's worth taking a shot on because of the special talent that he is. Yeah. No matter where that guy lands, he's going to be, I, I think he's going to be at least very fantasy relevant for that year. One year, no matter yeah. where he lands. I, I think so. And, and as far as quarterbacks go, I, I want to talk about the guys who will likely be on the fantasy radar from day one. And those are the guys who have the added element of rushing the ball. Would you say so? Yes. Yeah, okay. of course. So, and I think there's only one guy who really can't rush the ball. We'll get into that, though. Mac we'll Jones. Yeah, right. Mac Jones. Kyle <laughs> right, Shanahan's so, love. And, and, not like, and not that guy's uh, supposedly, allegedly, right? So, allegedly. That's true. Allegedly. That's true. allegedly. Is true. He, is, he is the betting favorite to go to San Francisco right now. I actually just placed a bet about an hour ago. Uh, on on uh, Justin Fields. Fields. Yeah, I was about to say. Because I think he was like plus 225, I think the bet was, or plus 250, something like okay. that. So I was like, you know what? Let's do it. Let's do it. I mean, him them trading up to get Matt Jones, man, like, I don't know. Like, they, anyway, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. So, so and also, I'm not saying like, like the guys who won't be rushing the ball, like won't be fantasy relevant, but the guys who do, like they make it easier for us to evaluate yes. who will be fantasy relevant, right? And then their ability in the pass game and then their ability to stay healthy, that will then determine whether they continue to be the starter for their respective team and they can continue to be fantasy relevant. Um, and I think in this draft, who are we looking at, right? We're looking at Justin Fields and I think we're looking at Trey Lance, like as those like main guys who we know will be using their legs a lot. Would you agree? Yeah, Trevor Lawrence had his fair share of using his legs, and he had a lot of success doing that as well. But, um, yeah, I'd say more so Fields and Lance. Yeah, I I think Zach Wilson uh, definitely has that ability. He can scramble. Yeah, he scrambles, and he had some big runs too last year. Um, Sure. And and he'll tuck and run it. So, And you know uh, what? That's what I was saying before. It really just comes down to everybody but Mac. Has the ability yeah, to run pretty much, game. pretty much. But like you know, it's important to note like is someone going to be close to like Lamar? Like like the scale is like Lamar Jackson to like Tom Brady, right? Like that's the scale, right? And and scale. I think I, I think guys like Justin Fields and Justin Fields especially, I think he's like closer to like the Lamar Jackson. You know, he's not there obviously, but like he's closer to that level. Sure. Trey Lance a little bit behind him, and then I think like you know L- Wilson and Lawrence like a little bit behind them. It's funny because it could go like both ways. To like <laughs> Brady's rushing down here, Brady's passing up here. Lamar's rushing up here, Lamar's passing down here. So it's oh, just hit my microphone pretty hard. I'm not used to it. <laughs> but yeah, the the spectrum works bo- both ways. <laughs> Hey guys, listen, we had a week off. All right. Like we oh, just I just hit my microphone you know, twice. 
Well, you were using a lot of hand movements, so I, I, was, I, but... I, I, I <laughs> not a problem. Uh, yeah. So Trevor Lawrence has that ability, like you said. Uh, I think he's more of a pocket passer, right? Like with the ability to escape, yeah. pick up those first downs, and also be a threat in the red zone, right? As well. So, uh, kind of, and you know, it reminds me of like, and these rookies have been coming and kind of doing something like that, like Justin Herbert last year, right? Uh, similar what, what we saw from Aaron, like Aaron Rodgers over his career. Uh, and it, I think it'll make a difference for guys like Lawrence, like even though they're not known as like rushing quarterbacks. We saw what Joe, Joe Burrow did last year too. Joe Burrow scored three touchdowns on the ground right before he got hurt. Justin Herbert scored five touchdowns on the ground. Yep. So it, it's worth something, right? So, you know, he's not going to give you 30 to like 50 rushing yards a game. Like I think Justin Fields and, and Lance are capable of, right? Depending on what kind of offense they're on and like what kind of, you know, how comfortable they are throwing the ball, like what kind of schemes they're in and that sort of thing. Um, one guy like who will be taking later in drafts, Kellen Mond, you know, wanted to mention him, um, give him a little bit of a honorable mention that he definitely has some wheels as well. Um, he's a little bit more like, looks like a little bit of a robot, like when he's throwing the ball, but like he can definitely run the ball um, and, and we'll get to him too. So, okay. So Mac Jones, right? Um, he's not going to be that guy. Right. He's a pocket passer. Um, he's extremely accurate, though. Right. Like he has great timing on his throws, uh, but he's not going to be scrambling around like there's not going to be many designed runs dialed up for him. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. None. Right. If now if one of these mobile quarterbacks, though, are drafted by the 49ers, like we were talking about, look out. Right. Like they're going to make an instant impact uh, and break into the top 10 fantasy wise in year one. Sure. Right. Um, and to be honest, like if the Jets, you know, they have the pick, they have the second pick, right? If the Jets shore up their offensive line just a little bit, um, that 49ers scheme is in New York. Obviously, the 49ers have a better offensive line and all that, but um, I'd be interested there as well. Like, like, you know, Zach Wilson, you know, that's what it looks like right now that he's going to be the, the, the number two pick. Um, it's not set in stone, but that's what it looks like. You know, I'm not going to, you know, I'm, I'm going to keep my eye on him as well. Um, because you know, there can be some, you know, he's, he's a playmaker, you know, yeah. now, if you had to like, think about, you know, if you had to like, just put some money on it and say like, okay, which quarterback is going to give you the best bang for your buck in year one fantasy wise, who would you say? Justin Fields. So like situation aside, yeah, I want to say Justin aside. Fields because Trevor Lawrence, Jacksonville, we know for a fact we know for a fact he's going to be in Jacksonville and we know day one, he's going to be the starter and that's not going to change for 16 games. Justin Fields, if for some reason he gets drafted by Atlanta, that may not be, you know, that may not be the case. Um, Atlanta seems to like Kyle Pitts and there were some rumors they were going to take a quarterback earlier, but now it's kind of sizzling out. So we'll see. Um, maybe he gets, maybe the Broncos trade up and get Justin Fields. If it is the 49ers, I think he's the best bet to be fantasy relevant year one, but, as a player, as a guy who can make dynamic plays with his arms and legs, uh, I definitely put money on Justin Fields being that guy in year one. Yeah, I would say the same thing. Like, I think it's, uh, yeah, like you said, if Atlanta takes a guy, quarterback, you know, they're, they're going to sit behind Matt Ryan, right? Um, yeah. Unless they, unless that team, unless the Falcons end up trading Matt Ryan, which I doubt would happen. But this contract, I don't see it happening. Yeah. And, um, but there's a chance that, you know, there's a bunch of, quarterbacks that get a shot to start you know relatively quickly like if the broncos end up taking a quarterback you know 
it, it could possibly be a little bit of a competition. Maybe Drew Locke still gets the week one start, but he's going to be on a short leash, yeah. uh, that sort of thing. It really depends, you know, like, you know, it's very possible if they do end up drafting a guy like Justin Fields, if he drops to them, right, that, you know, Justin Fields just straight up beats Locke in a competition and can't. It's very possible. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's you know, this is a scenario where like, you know, and this is not something we see every year where like, you know, four, potentially four, five quarterbacks go in round one and, you know, or like four in the top 10. Yeah, who knows what's going to happen, man? This is going to be a crazy draft. But um, I think uh, there's a chance that we see a bunch of these quarterbacks become starters right away. Um, so, yeah, I'm with you, man. I think Justin Fields uh, and I think Trey Lance, he's right there, man. Like he's right there. Uh, you know, there's a chance that the team drafts him before Mac Jones. It's possible. You know, he, he is – he is a relatively, you know, he's a one-year wonder. Uh, he's nowhere near as accurate, you know, as as um, as uh, Fields. That, no, as uh, jo- Jones. As Jones. Okay. As Jones, right? So that's the only thing. Like Fields is like Fields is really accurate too. Like he's he might be the most accurate quarterback in the in the uh, in the draft. Um, but, but yeah, uh, what I do want to say real quick about Mac Jones and his accuracy is. It seems to be a case with Alabama quarterbacks just being in the perfect situation. I mean, like Tua, what was the thing everybody touted about him was like the most accurate quarterback in the class, the most accurate quarterback we've seen in years. And that just kind of seems to be the story with Alabama players, because guess what? They have a great offensive line. They have like a a long history of Hall of Fame, NFL stud wide receivers. I mean, we got Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, Amari Cooper. Like there's a ton of guys just as of recent. And especially got like two, at least two Alabama wide receivers get drafted in the first round. It seems like every single year. So talent is there. Offensive line is always there. Scheme is always there. So the Alabama quarterbacks are always in a situation to succeed. They're going to have time to throw and they're going to have the right weapons in place to make the play. So, yeah, I mean, you can look at film and see like Mac Jones making the right decisions and making accurate passes. But I feel like a big part of that also has to do with the situation he's in. Um, Trey Lance, I feel like the big thing with Lance is his decision making. And I think that's what sets him apart. And uh, he's just a smart, smart quarterback. He didn't not, he, we mentioned the, well, you mentioned the one year wonder in Northwestern or North Dakota. Yeah. North Dakota, not Northwestern. Um, He didn't throw a single interception through the entire year. He's played, I believe 17 games in his career and he's not thrown a single interception. So yeah. um, Just decision making. He he has had some, uh, turnover worthy plays for sure like he's sure. Had, definitely had some dropped interceptions but hey man it's not it's not on the stat sheet it's not on the stat exactly. sheet, right? and that's fine um you and know I you can't say I the saw, same thing about matt jones i saw a stat as well that um trey lance out of all the players in 2019 the average turnover worthy plays was about 3.1 percent for quarterbacks and trey lance was at one percent wow so wow, that's awesome so, yeah, I mean, like, this guy's decision-making is out of this world. Um, North Dakota State isn't exactly a factory like Alabama where they got all these stud wide receivers and stud weapons, but he made it work, and he opted out of last year. So we'll see how that affects his draft capital. But um, everybody's only saying, like, Trans- Trey Lance has the highest upside, like, next to um, Trevor Lawrence. I mean, if the guy really plays like he did in 2019, he takes that decision-making to the NFL – he could be an absolute stud. So uh, yeah, yeah, I think I, so. Well, so are you? Are yeah. you? Are, do you think that Trey Lance has the highest upside of all these quarterbacks? 
Uh, next to Lawrence, I, I would say Lawrence obviously higher because you know he's right. the Peyton Manning, the Andrew Luck, the next big prospect. But um, yeah, I would say, I, I Zach, I would say Zach, upside is excellent. I would say Zach Wilson. Man. <laughs> I think Zach Wilson, like, okay, you know, he he has a very wide spectrum. I yeah. think right, like I've heard he Patrick be, Mahomes comps. I've heard yeah, you you hear Patrick yeah. Mahomes comps, you hear Mitch Trubisky comps, right? You hear yeah. Johnny Manziel comps. Uh, I mean, a Johnny Manziel comp like <laughs> now is terrible, but at the time, like it was, it's a good comp. You know, Johnny Manziel sure. was supposed to be, uh, you know, the the thing. I, just, I think what really you know, his off the field stuff and his partying and all that kind of stuff is what you know ruined him. Right? It wasn't his play. Um, I mean, his play suffered because of the fact that he wasn't preparing and all that kind of stuff. Self admittedly, right? Um, mm. So yeah, no, I, I. But the way like his arm talent is amazing, man. Like Absolutely. the stuff that he could do and the stuff that he 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 sometimes he does a little too much, right? And that's a knock on him. Um, but he tries to do different things. He tries to be Patrick Mahomes sometimes, right? Uh, but at the same time, like I think his arm talent and all the stuff <laughs> that he's capable of, as long as he like fixes up his uh, decision making a little bit. I think that's that's where you know that's where the knock is on him. Um, in, but going, I, I just want to quickly sure. just talk about Mac Jones's uh, accuracy real quick, right? Um, and you know, Sports Info Solutions uh, is is one of the uh, databases that kind of provides a lot of sports uh, data to like a lot of websites and like you know a lot of sure. different you know fantasy analysts and stuff like that. Um, they actually have a metric. It's called X on Target, and what that Ooh. is is that it evaluates like only the accuracy and and of a core, of a throw and not the final outcome of the throw and it okay. also takes it also takes away uh whether a wide receiver or, or or any receiver helped the quarterback make a catch that wasn't accurate. very interesting it's super interesting mac jones was actually number 2 on that list uh, number 1 was actually Kyle Trask now with Kyle Trask right? He has issues with decision-making and all that kind of stuff, right? So, like, mm-hmm. you know, you kind of have to watch the film, too. But as far as accuracy goes, it's really impressive that the fact that, yes, Mac Jones had the weapons. He has the scheme. Uh, he did obviously have better competition, right? He had, like, probably the, the toughest competition out of all these guys, right? Yeah. Um, and, you know, he was still on point, even though he had an amazing, obviously, he had amazing wide receivers, right? And to, offensive to, line, yeah. too. And offensive line, offensive line sure. plays a big part of that as well. I mean, they have yeah. uh, a couple offensive linemen who are going to go first, second round easily. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah. So now, when we talk about accuracy, um, now I, which is obviously a huge uh, factor, like when when we're talking about the NFL, like I think one of the main factors that scouts look at is accuracy. Sure. Um, now, what what I want to say about that is that. For if you're looking at guys who are going to come into the NFL and are going to be accurate, you want to make sure that they have good decision making. You want to make sure that um, from an analytical perspective, um, there's something called uh, EPA, right? Or or it's called expected points added. Say the environmental protected. (laughs) (laughs) Expected points added. And what that is, it's a a metric that quantifies uh, every play that the that a player is involved in right and whether it helped with the likelihood to end up scoring on that drive okay so like if wow. you know let's say Justin Fields like you know throws like a 30 yard pass on second da- second and eight there, there was an expectation based on what uh, all the data compiled in that same situation and that is the expected uh, result right and when a player 
this is super nerdy guys by the way so like just yeah are you on like some like deep websites like (laughs) just bear with me here (laughs) okay so what this uh, calculates is like okay cool like how much did a particular player help a team down the field And, and and did they help them increase their chance of scoring Okay, and player profiler uh, actually did a study where they looked at how much does these, how much does this metric correlate to fantasy success? Okay, uh, and for quarterbacks, uh, the correlation is zero point six three or sixty three percent. So that's a pretty good correlation right there uh, between EPA and quarterback fantasy points. Um, and we're talking about in the NFL, obviously. Now, with for wide receivers and tight ends, it's in the 80 percentile. So it's even more. Uh, even a higher correlation and we'll get there too um now i do have a list for you in terms of the quarterbacks we care about and what their epa per play was overall in college and and their and their epa per dropback okay so now the higher the epa the better or you gotta yes so the higher the epa the better because um you you're basically measuring how much did they add to whatever was expected okay Basically. All right. So I'm just that was for the audience, you know. I just want to make sure yeah, they no, no. understand. I totally understand. <laughs> totally <laughs> know exactly what you're <laughs> and, okay, so, okay, tattooed on my okay, good. By the way, this is for 2020. This is not gonna include Trey Lance because he wasn't he didn't play, right? School didn't yeah. participate. Um but this high. is this is from <laughs> this is from it seems like you're high on Trey Lance, man. So um this is according to Sports Info Solutions SIS, which is great great source of sports data. Sure. For so for this is for 2022 per dropback. Mac Jones, number one, Zach Wilson, number two, Trevor Lawrence, number three, Kyle Trask, number four, Justin Fields, number five. Okay. Now, overall EPA per play over their college careers. Number one, Trey Lance. Number two, Mac Jones. Mac Jones, I have to. Number three, Justin Fields. Number four, Trevor Lawrence. Number five, Kyle Trask. Number six, Zach Wilson. Now, Zach Wilson is at number six on the second list because – we know that he took a huge step forward in 2020, right? Like his numbers in 2018 and 2019 weren't anywhere close to what he did this past season. Like these numbers show the difference between what was expected, you know, in down distance situation, variety of other factors that statisticians use and how much these quarterbacks added on top of that expectation. Now, my understanding of Zach Wilson and the offense they ran at BYU is that in a way it's kind of similar to like the Shanahan type build where you have a zone run scheme that sets up play action down the field, right? So that's a lot of what Zach Wilson was working with at BYU, which makes me think if he really is going to the Jets at number two and they have uh, Mike LaFleur from the 49ers coming in and using that same system, as long as they can get a good enough offensive line to protect him, he might have a chance to really succeed in a place like New York. So, yeah, um, I, you know, definitely need a running back because we saw, I mean, like running backs, we can say that aren't important, but like the Steelers last year could not run any play action because they had the worst running game in the NFL. I'm sure there was one or other two, two or three other teams who were also at the bottom of the barrel in terms of running, but they could not get a consistent run game. It hurt big Ben. It hurt their chances of making big plays down the field. And uh, yeah, so I, I think it's important that the Jets get like a Travis Etienne or Najee Harris. And we'll go into running backs in a later episode. But I think it is important for the Jets to run the scheme with Zach Wilson to get some of these guys. 
Yeah, man, I hear you. I think that's a good point. You know, I, honestly, I think the Steelers, even if they had a running back, dude, I still don't think they would be running play action last year. <laughs> like, I just think there was there were, no, they probably wouldn't, but it would definitely help. Like if they wanted it, to, it would have Randy Fisher got his head out of his ass. Of course, it would have helped because you know defenses weren't accounting for their run game. You know, and their offensive line too didn't help. You know, and this year the offensive line is even worse. Um, so that's going to be interesting to see if ben, Big Ben can stay healthy. Um, but yeah, that's, 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 that's something else. So now, uh, so now, you know, when we look at accuracy, right, like, um, when I think that's one of the most important traits, arm talent being a close second, right. And the, the two things together make a great prospect, right. So like in this case, in this year, Trevor Lawrence, right. In addition to the leadership he brings, like he has the trifecta, right. He has, basically he has it all. He can make any throw. Um, he has great decision-making he's accurate. Uh, and he has leadership. That's, he's not that's getting why, nervous in the pocket. And that's why he's great pocket presence. He doesn't click his heels. Like, you know, he doesn't bounce up and down. Like he knows what he's doing. He knows how to move around the pocket, go from one read to another. And we'll talk about that. You know, he might not be the best in terms of going from his first read to the second read out of these guys, but like he has the whole package, right? And those type of things can be developed. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so now I'm going to geek out a little bit more and I'll be done soon, I promise. I'm going to just turn back. <laughs> in terms of accuracy, the NFL uses completion percentage, right? But NFL Next Gen Stats, and I, and I know a lot of you guys probably heard of this already, NFL Next Gen Stats comes up, came out with something called CPOE, which is completion percentage overexpected for quarterbacks. Uh, and that gives a better picture of true accuracy and decision-making, right? Uh, it includes like average depth of target. So you're not like counting a completion that is five yards to a running back as the same as a completion that you're throwing like 20 to 25 yards down the field. Um, that's thrown into the formula. Uh, if, if a pass is more difficult than another pass, it gets weighted into that formula, right? Uh, so college doesn't have that tracking data uh, that NFL Next Gen Stats has, but Sports Info Solutions came out with their own metric called PCOM, which has a 90% correlation to CPOE. So they use that. What was it called? Evaluate. P- PCOM? PCOM. 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 Basically, completed completion percentage. So they just put the P oh, okay. in front of the comp. Yeah. Gotcha. Oh, um, okay. I'm glad it's not called PCOM. So, so they use that to evaluate these college quarterbacks. Uh, and they charted all these guys using that formula so here are the rankings for that number one mac jones number two mm-hmm. justin fields number three zach wilson number four cal trask number five felipe franks number six peyton ramsey number seven trevor lawrence number eight trey lance number nine uh, kellen mond and number 10 jamie newman uh, uh, I, I love how I, like you, I love how you, I love how you were rooting for certain guys to be. Um, <laughs> Wait, what was I, it, Felipe? I, I'm sorry, Felipe Franks. Felipe Franks. I need to know where Felipe Franks ends up if he's even in this draft class. Yeah, well, Felipe Franks has a lot of issues. Uh, so you know, this isn't like a you know a gospel <laughs> as far as like how good these guys are going to be. Uh, but you know, it, it it is a little bit of a better metric than simply completion percentage, right? Remember, completion percentage isn't everything, but it's worth knowing uh, how accurate these guys are. Um, So Mac Jones, on top of the list when it comes to EPA per dropback, second EPA per play over his college career, and first in what I'm going to call, you know, completion percentage over expectation. So can he have success as a pocket passer? And this is the point I'm trying to make sure, but is he someone I'm aiming for in fantasy? No. No. Because he first has to prove 
that he'll have a ton of three passing touchdown games for me to be interested. So that being said, right, a guy who's not really mobile, an offense in San Francisco where they're okay with that. Like Kyle Shanahan wants his pocket guy, and he wants a guy who can hand the ball off to their system of undrafted running backs. They want a guy who can, uh, you know, drop the ball off to Debo Samuel on a wheel route or Brandon Ayuk in the slot. Like they just want someone who could drop it off to George Kittle on the outside. They're not looking for someone to carry the ball on the ground and be that focal point of the offense. Cause it seems like the 49ers know their identity as an offense and know what they're looking for. So, and look, if you're saying he's accurate, I mean, if, if you're going to have a situation where, okay, we don't need the quarterback to run the ball. We're not going to get Trevor Lawrence. And we just want a guy who's accurate. We just want a guy who's not Jimmy Garoppolo. We want a guy who can complete a pass and not overthrow someone in every single play, which by the way, Mac Jones, I don't know if you saw um, during his pro day, he had an overthrow and then it cut the bill Belichick. Like, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I love it. It was, it, was, it was almost like a meme. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was, it was it like the office. Like it was like zoom. To like... <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> but, um, and it was like giving everything was like giving Kyle Shanahan like nightmares of when Jimmy G overthrew in the Super Bowl. That overall, um, George Kittle, George Kittle, yeah. yep, yeah. But point being, like, if you just want an accurate quarterback who can sit in the pocket and run this offense, Mac Jones might be your guy, especially if Zach Wilson and um, Zach Wilson, and Trevor Lawrence are gone. Obviously, Justin Fields, a guy everybody likes better. I like Justin Fields a lot better than Mac Jones in terms of what he can do with his feet. Um, but again, if if you want a guy to just sit in there and throw the ball from the pocket, Mac Jones might be your guy. Yeah, it's funny, man. Like, okay, like you said that you know Jimmy Garoppolo isn't as isn't as accurate. I mean, he hasn't necessarily had like accuracy issues, but he's missed throws. You know what I'm saying? And like. Yeah. For me, I kind of see him as like another Jimmy Garoppolo. Like I feel like, you know, and that's uh, the I, thing too. That's uh, <laughs> it's so weird. Like, like I, why would if, they go move up to draft another Jimmy Garoppolo? <laughs> exactly. Like if the 49ers do draft him, I I think he can succeed in the scheme, like you said. But it's almost like I feel like any quarterback can succeed in the scheme, right? But it's almost like you're giving up Jimmy Garoppolo for another Jimmy Garoppolo, which yeah. is why I don't think the 49ers are gonna go in that direction. Like, and that's why I place that bet. But like, you know, both guys like you put down. Oh, I just put like a hundred bucks something like that. Uh, just a hundred yeah. bucks, like a fucking yeah. broke college kid yeah. over here. <laughs> Sorry for a hundred bucks. It's a hundred bucks. That's all. Uh, but both guys, college, both good, good. Congratulations. No, um, did you drop out? No, <laughs> graduated. <laughs> gas. <laughs> both, like, listen, both guys uh, are not that mobile. So, like, it'll be a little bit weird for me to see that happen if they go and yeah. pick Mac Jones. Like, I don't know. It'll just be a little weird. Listen, I trust Kyle Shanahan, obviously, and and you know John Lynch and all that. But like, I don't know. Is it, you be, know who I don't trust? Who? John Gruden. Everything he does, and and uh, Mike Mayock. That's the GM, right? I definitely don't trust Mike Mayock. He is. He has done. He has. He has done some questionable. He things. Have had he CD Lamb. He's, I don't know, man. He is, I don't know. He seemed very smart when he was on at ESPN, but now I don't know. Um, but yeah, anyway, for, from a fantasy perspective, I am not interested in Matt Jones. If he goes to the 49ers, then he'll be fan, he'll be somewhat fantasy relevant, uh, but it's not guaranteed, yeah, in, in, in year one. And um, it sounds like the 49ers are still like holding firm on their love for Jimmy G for whatever reason. 
even though they're obviously going to pick a quarterback with their third pick. So it could be Jimmy G to start and then Mac Jones to finish or whoever comes in a quarterback. I, I still think Jimmy's G is going to get a start towards the beginning of the year. And then right. he might be a guy who could be traded at the deadline. Cause the 49ers, yeah. I don't know if you know, have like five quarterbacks on their roster now. And they're expected obviously to draft that quarterback third overall, which I mean, at this point could mean nothing, but like, if you're really going to have five quarterbacks on your roster right now, you might be trying to figure out who that third QB might be in case you trade a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't know. Just a little theory. Yeah. I mean, his, he has a no trade clause, I think. And I think. So he just have to accept the trade, but if he's not going to be the starter, that shouldn't be an issue. He would have to accept the trade. Um, And that dead, like the dead cap is supposed to be ridiculous. So, so the next team is going to have to take off something. So. Patriots, uh, I do not yeah. want them to do that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So Justin Fields, he is he might be the most accurate. Uh, quarter, I mean, I know what these numbers say, but he's extremely accurate. Like he might be yeah. the most accurate quarterback. Some games he's averaging like 80, 90 percent accuracy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, combine that with his rushing ability. Right. And then like you look at listen, like he might remind you of Cam Newton. He's a big guy. He's not as tall as Cam Newton, but he's a big dude. He's six, I think six three. You know, he's he's a big guy, but he has he doesn't have accuracy issues like Cam Newton does, right? Like you, he he has a rushing ability that Cam has, but he may not be as big. But he's a big dude. So like the things that will hold him back in the beginning might be some decision making. You know, things like that. Maybe like getting from one read to the next. Holding onto the ball. Uh, exactly, getting better at getting rid of the ball, that sort of thing. On you know, in blitzes. Um, but at the end of the day, man, like if he's a starter week one anywhere, I'm going to be looking at drafting him, you know, you know, in the, you know, after the 10th round. Yeah. And I mean, look what Jalen Hurts did in like two or three yeah. weeks. I mean, he quarterback, like play wise, he was not great at all, but he was like a top three, top five quarterback in that three week span where he was a starter. Yeah, and that's and because put, of what he was he able to do with his legs. Yeah, and he put up good numbers too. So decision-making wasn't completely there for a guy like Jalen Hurts. But, like, overall, he produced fantasy points. And, um, yeah, for Justin Fields, it's like, imagine if Lamar Jackson could, like, throw. Like, right, that's right. – like, he's not Lamar Jackson. But at the same time, like, he has the ability to use his legs – like Lamar Jackson and one of the running backs that I looked at and I wasn't a huge fan of, by the way, which we'll talk about later, Trey Sermon. Um, he didn't get a ton of opportunities on the ground because of Justin Fields and because of what he was doing on the ground and how that took away from the other positions. So, yeah. Um, which also, by the way, if he is going to be not necessarily a primarily a running quarterback, but typically that does hurt, um, you know, the running backs production in the receiving game. And we saw that in, in Baltimore. There's just no targets there for the running backs. And depending on when Justin Fields goes, if he goes to San Francisco, that could decrease the value of guys like Raheem Mostert, who I'm not drafting anyway. Um, depending on where else he goes, it might hurt them in that aspect too. So something yeah, to think about. Yeah, and I think last year in, in Arizona, Kyler, uh, Kyler Murray, you know, as much as, you know, Kenyon Drake was supposed to be a lot more involved in the pass game. Yeah. Right? I think though him and Chase Edmonds, um, if there was a more uh, traditional quarterback back there, they would have got way more targets than they did last year. Yeah. Because, you know, there was a lot of – Kyler Murray ran the ball a ton, right? Um, so that's that's kind of what you want to look for. Um, so now, Trevor Lawrence, uh, he like I said, you know, he can hit anyone on any route. 
He can make any throw. Arm talent is there. Accuracy is there. Decision making is on point. Um, like what about now? Let me ask you this: Like what about Lawrence makes him the overall number one pick in the draft, right? And if you're in a dynasty league, let's say you're in a super flex two quarterback league, is Lawrence your number one pick over all these other quarterbacks in a super flex? In a super flex dynasty? Well, I guess over other quarterbacks, you know, really matter. But um, yes, <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, it's like. Sometimes, well, no, I, I, over, your number one overall pick in a superflex two quarterback league in, in a rookie yeah. in a rookie draft. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think he kind of has to be because first of all, we're talking about what separates him is the fact of just the raw talent and raw intuition. He does not get pr- like even when he's pressured in the pocket, he does better. Like this is just not a guy who has the nerves, and that's something that's going to translate so well into the NFL. Um, like you said, he can do all aspects very well. He throw the ball down the field. He can run. Um, he's got zip on the ball. He's got good deep ball accuracy. Like he can do everything you want a quarterback to do. And then the fact that he's been the best quarterback at his level since he was in high school. I mean, this guy's high school accolades. I, I believe he was the second best high school football player ever. And that was behind Vince Young. Yeah. Or Steve all, Young. All eyes, all eyes have been on him for a long time, and he's yeah. delivered. And he and, and that's delivered. the thing, too. Like, it's not just one year of production like Trey Lance, who I also it, love, by the way. It, it, but it's, it's kind of like, like LeBron. It's kind of like LeBron, right? You know how, like, LeBron was, like, dominating from a very early age? Yeah. And like people, he was on the cover of like Slam magazine when he was in high school. <laughs> you know what I mean? And stuff like that. And all, and ESPN was covering him while he was in high school. That's kind of like, it's not on the same scale because basketball, like high school basketball, college is like on a bigger scale. But like, and he didn't go to college, obviously. He went straight to the NBA. But like, my point remains is that when the, when the pressure's on you from, from a young age and you continue to deliver, that, that, that means a lot. Yeah. It yeah. does, and um, that's what sets him And he won a championship as a freshman, you know? Yeah, Clemson, he never won so. a Heisman, though, and I find yeah. that so funny. Like, of course, he doesn't win a Heisman. He was second, I believe, uh, his freshman or junior year, but no, he, he never ended up winning a Heisman. Right, right. Now, I would say that Justin Fields, like, in a, even in a dynasty, I would say that Justin Fields would be, like, a home run pick if he, were, if he hits. Yeah. Right? I want a guy like who's going to win me leagues, right? I understand that Lawrence is going to give me stability, right? Or at least, you know, he has the highest chance of giving me stability at the quarterback position for years to come in my dynasty league, right? Uh, but I, it, you, if you want to go for like the most upside, right? I think if Fields is giving me 40 to 50 rushing yards on the ground, let's say, and let's say he gives me six to eight rushing touchdowns in a season, right? Um, and that, that's being conservative, I think. If he, if he if he has the type of production and continues to stay accurate and he develops his decision making, uh, and he ends up in San Francisco, for example, like I'm all in, man. From a from a fantasy perspective in Dynasty, like I think that argument, you know, is there for him to be number one overall. I can see that, but I think what really benefits Lawrence is the longevity. Yeah. I mean, if you have Patrick Mahomes exactly. right now on your Dynasty team, you have a quarterback one for the next ten years, right? Right, injuries and, and, and aside. You know, time he misses, but exactly. that but that's what sets it apart because, um, you know, in Jacksonville right now, they had a ton of cap. They didn't really use all that much of it, and they're going to have more cap next year because the cap is expected to go up, and they're going to have more future round picks to use 
to get a better supporting cast cast around uh, Trevor Lawrence. And he's got a good coach with him who hopefully can translate to the NFL. So he's got a lot of good paces pieces to set him up for a very long time to be a very good NFL quarterback. So if it does play out, I mean, I'm saying the next 10 years with Patrick Mahomes, but realistically Patrick Mahomes is in his early twenties. He can give you another 20 years of being your fantasy QB one, you know, in the dynasty league. Let's say Trevor Lawrence doesn't turn into Patrick Mahomes, right? Uh, Who is like the Uber alpha quarterback one, right? Um, Let's say he turns into, I don't know. Like Tom Brady. Deshaun Watson. Let's say he turns turns into Deshaun Watson. Well, Deshaun Watson has a lot more rushing ability. So maybe that's not not a great example. I think maybe he's more analogous to like Justin Fields, right? Where where he's giving you some rushing, but he's primarily a passer, right? Let's say he turns into... I know what you're trying to say. Like a middle of the pack, like low QB1 type guy. Matt Matt Ryan. Sure. Is that a a good... Prime in his prime, like Matt Ryan, like ten years ago, maybe. Um, how about okay. Drew Brees? Well, Drew Brees is also he, he he's been killing it too. It's hard, but you know what I mean, though, right? Like, but you know I'm what? About you like, know what that goes to say though is sure, like even sure. if he's not like that his whole career, I think because of the fact that I, okay. By the way, Kirk Cousins, I think is a perfect. You think so? <laughs> Just like because Kirk Cousins has been a top ten quarterback, he's been in that top fifteen. But you never feel good about, about it. It's like there's not, no stability. I'm not saying talent wise, I'm saying right. fantasy wise, like where sure, he sure. ends up. But like but, you're trying you know, to aim, you know. There's also a uh, a feeling that you want, right inside, sure. and that feeling is that oh, I'm I'm good at quarterback. You know, what I'm saying yeah. I'm good at quarterback right now. Like I'm stable. If you had Drew Brees, you know. You know, like ten years ago, eight years ago, you're like, "Oh, I'm good at quarterback right now. Yeah. Like, I don't have to worry about that." And that's what you're gonna. That's that's the benefit of drafting Trevor Lawrence is that you know that's what you're hoping for. You're hoping that you never have to worry about the quarterback position for the next ten years. Uh, you, you just have to worry about you know your, your backups and stuff like that. And the super flex, sure. you have to you know you have your primary quarterback one. And if we're gonna get really deep about um, you know longevity of quarterbacks, yeah, sure. A guy like Justin Fields, who is going to be a rushing quarterback, who knows how long that would last him. And let's yes. say like when he gets to his early 30s, I mean, look what happened to Cam. He gets one foot injury and now he's just really not the same guy without that rushing ability. So, yeah, I hate yeah. to say it, but like if you have Lamar Jackson as your quarterback one, right, in your dynasty league. Um, you might have like, five or six more years if you're lucky. If you're lucky, right? I mean, it takes that one hit, right? Like. He's a pro, he's he's a he's just a dynamic playmaker on the ground, and if he loses that, you don't have much right now, yeah. right? Especially the fact that he has no weapons, right? Oh, oh, never mind. He has Sammy Watkins. Never mind. I take that back. I take that back. <laughs> um, but you know, so you know, and, and you're honestly like, if I have someone like Lamar Jackson, I I don't feel great. <laughs> like I wouldn't feel as good if I, I you know if someone has Patrick Mahomes, you feel good because you, you have the confidence that, you know, there isn't a high likelihood that he gets hurt all the time. Sure. With Lamar Jackson, you're like, okay, this can happen at any point. You're kind of, I'm, I'm not going to, but by the way, everyone who has Lamar Jackson in your fantasy team, I'm not going to win right now. So don't worry. <laughs> but I'll, I do want to mention that like Justin Fields, if he can progress into being a good and accurate NFL quarterback, which he's shown to be very accurate, I mean, he could have a career track similar to Russell Wilson to where he ran a lot early in his career. But the last three or four years, two or three years, it hasn't been Russell Wilson running for over 500 yards and six or seven touchdowns. It's been sitting in the pocket, throwing it and scrambling when you need to. 
you know yeah, so I, I, I think like, I like that comparison because like there is a different career track you can take if you are successful with your arm i don't necessarily see that for a guy like lamar because that's never been his strength so like you said five or six years maybe um but even so like russell wilson's been great in the situation he's in but justin fields you might have six or seven years of that great rushing quarterback and then it might fizzle into um you know just like an average low end Medi- qb1 mediocrity yeah mediocrity yeah yeah yeah. So, so, so you you're saying that we got to just go for that slam dunk, you know, and, the, and take your guy. Take, um, you know, Trevor Lawrence, twenty yep. years, twenty years yep. of being potential low end QB one. I'll take that. Chilling. Not worrying about driving, drafting a quarterback for twenty years. Obviously, Chilling. you need bye week fillings, but right, yeah, yeah. And in the super flex, you know, you want to try to get that quarterback who's going to, you know, be the rocket and the team. Look, it's twenty twenty one. Tom Brady is playing until he's 44, right? What are quarterbacks in the new age of medicine and all, you know, making the game safer, supposedly, over all these years? How long are quarterbacks going to play to in 20 years from now? Right. Well, I mean, the game is going to a place where, like, the the game is looking for these mobile quarterbacks, right? Uh, And, yeah, the game is moving towards a safer environment for the quarterback where – Every little thing is penalized now, so defenses yeah. aren't, you know, attacking the quarterback as the, as the yeah. or at least hitting them as and they used to. To the point about the rushing, like a guy like Trevor Lawrence, who's not going to predominantly be running the ball every single play, has a better chance at longevity. But right, yeah, yeah, okay. I mean, we'll see, we'll see. Little yeah, technicalities, so, but I think so. Zach Wilson is number two on a lot of people's draft boards. Um, in terms I, I of think mock draft, or you think mo- in terms of like mock draft, prospect? mock draft. Uh, yeah, that's yeah, mock drafts. Yeah, uh, he has the highest chance, in my opinion. Of, I, I hate to say like the next Patrick Mahomes and the next whatever, but I, if if someone had was going to be that guy, like I think Zach Wilson has the closest shot of being that guy, um, in terms of like wild plays, right? Like he can sure. he, he can also be Mr. Trubisky, right? He can also be somewhere in the middle and become like Baker Mayfield, something and like you know that. What? That's a Jets quarterback in a nutshell. <laughs> okay. Anyway, uh, he had. <laughs> Yeah, so I think out of all of the quarterbacks, in I think he has the highest variance. He has the most upside. He has downside yeah. too, and yeah, I think he has the highest ceiling, like in terms of like legit quarterback play. So, like the angles at which he he can throw the ball, right? Like the highlight real types of throws he seems to make effortless, effortlessly at times. Like sometimes he just yeah. flicks his wrist, dude, and the dude, ball is like from his pro crazy. day running this way across his body that throw like, was serious like a lot of people talking about like oh there's no defenders but yeah like try making that throw like that throw is impressive dude because he hit that good dude in stride you know um but yeah so and another thing like while watching the film you know this week me and joe you know really like we researched these players a lot we did we took a lot of our time out and you know to really watch this film and to prepare for this podcast i've already like, crammed for the wide receivers and running back so i'm good yeah but and just so you guys know <laughs> like we were not we were not watching highlights okay like we don't watch just highlights we watched we watched film i watched other people analyze film as well yeah um so and like the the thing that I loved about him most is how he, he escaped defenders in the pocket, right? And sure. that's something that can put him in the upper echelon of the league. Like the way that like you know you see Aaron Rodgers escape and then make a big play. The way you see Russell Wilson escape make a big play. Uh, you remember when Tony Tony Romo used to do that, right? That's mm-hmm. the kind of stuff that can make 
you go, wow, you know, with, with uh, Zach Wilson. And I think if he, if that translates to the NFL, man, like he has a lot of creativity, he has a lot of tricks up his sleeve. And I think that, you know, he is the closest thing to Patrick Mahomes when it comes to that sort of stuff. Um, Now he's going to need to get his decision-making right though. Sure. Yeah. Right. Like not making the right read, not realizing a guy's wide open, throwing it to double. Like, so I think there were some plays where like guys were wide open and he just, he would just throw it to double coverage somewhere else. Right. Blindly trusting his guys. That could backfire. Yeah. And I think the problem with that is his release and his timing, which, you know, if you have like a safety net within your offense, I think like if Keelan Cole can, and I'm just talking about if he's already on the jets, but if he has that safety net to kind of help him with his timing, I think that'll be huge for him. I think it'll be somewhere where he should be looking often, but, um, you know, trying to hit these guys downfield. And that's the thing with him is timing. So we'll see um, if he is going to be in the jets, he's going to have to learn how to, you know, get out of tackles and squirm around in the pocket. So. <laughs> right. 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 I, I think in the Shanahan scheme, like which is in New York now, uh, I think he can be protected somewhat like through scheme. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like through some movement, through some play action, through some, uh, you know, things like that, where like they're good at, you know, not having the quarterback do too much, if that makes sense. Like kind of like let the scheme handle a lot of the, you know, and cover up a lot of things when it comes to like the line, uh, you know, not being ideal right now. So that's one place where like you really want the Jets to improve on um, if you want anything out of this offense. Um, Now, Kellen Mond um, is someone I wanted to bring up because of the fact that he has legs too. He has rushing ability, right? He can beat defenders. He has on the ground. legs. He has legs, two of them, as wow. a matter of fact. Uh, <laughs> and depending on the offense that he's on, they might ask him to do a lot of the design runs he was asked to do in college at Texas A&M, which is a pro-style offense, Jimbo Fisher offense. Um, now he was one of the most experienced quarterbacks in the draft which has shown some shown to mean something, by the way, in terms of success translating to the pros. Um, but his knock is his accuracy. Like Josh Allen was able to fix his accuracy after he came into the league. But that, I think Josh Allen is like one of the exceptions. I think he's one of the sure. rare cases where it doesn't always happen. And a lot of coaches believe that like it's very, it's almost impossible <laughs> for a lot of these quarterbacks to fix accuracy, which is why it's so important coming into the league, whether, you know, these quarterbacks are accurate already. You just um, need Stefan Diggs. That's all. That's it. That's all you, that's all you need. Um, now, he did have a good offensive line in college. Uh, he wasn't asked to throw deep a ton, but his landing spot is going to be interesting. So that's something I'm keeping an eye on in, in, in rookie in rookie dynasty drafts, like as a later pick, a super flex type of thing. Um, I also want to know what his year one opportunity is going to look like, right? Like what team he's on, that sort of thing. Sure. Um, but yeah. It's, so It yeah, seems like um, the Patriots are – they haven't had – I've been following this closely because, you know, I think you'd be perfect there, dude, by the way, but and goes to show the Patriots have not had a lot of virtual one-on-one meetings with players. I don't think they've done any of them yet. Like they've, um, they've done some calls and stuff, but they haven't had a sit down meeting with any of the guys, but they are planning one with Kellen Mond. Interesting. I, well, I, you know, I was actually on a media call with Texas tech yesterday and I asked, one of the offensive linemen, at least, I think it was a guard. I asked him, I was like, "Hey, like, did you, like, who did you meet with?" And he didn't mention the Patriots. And I think they met in in the Senior Bowl in person. 
you know yeah. so that's probably the only place that they're meeting them like i think the senior bowl is one of those places that they're meeting players but that's about mm-hmm. it um but it is interesting though, man, like because the Patriots do things very differently than the rest of the league. You know, they they probably do a ton of the due diligence and then they probably knocked out knock out all those interviews at once. You know, once they kind of like know because I think they might not want to get skewed on like, you know, because like for example, the guy I'm talking about, um, he he has his personality is amazing, right? And like, you know, you don't want to get skewed too much but with character when the ability isn't there. Right. So I can totally see them doing that towards the end of the process. Yeah. And the Patriots are great at throwing out smoke screens too. This right. year, their whole thing is they're huge on Justin Fields. Now they really like Kellen Mond. Last year, it was, oh, Justin Herbert. The Patriots are head over heels for Justin Herbert. And then it was, oh, they have interest in James Morgan, quarterback out of whatever, which, by the way, I think is hilarious because I think the Jets picked like, a few picks before the Patriots won their own, and they literally drafted James Morgan, and they haven't done – not that they were planning to do anything with him, but I think they literally just did that out of spite <laughs> and out of chance that the Patriots, like, might have wanted this guy. Oh, man. That's Which I think is hilarious. Dude. I can't – obviously, there's nothing to confirm that, but the biggest rumor was that the Patriots really liked this quarterback late in the draft, and the Jets, like, sn- like snagged him, like, right before the Patriots were going to pick. I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> oh, man. All right, so – yeah, so we mentioned those guys. So we mentioned Trey Lance. Uh, Trey Lance, Lutz. by the way, like he he has imagine, a strong, he has the strongest arm, years. dude. Wait, what imagine you if he played two years. Imagine if Trey Lance played two years and he didn't throw the inter- any interceptions that second year. Two years and no interceptions. That'd be impressive. He might go number one, dude. Um, I mean, I think you know the year. fact that the fact that you know teams are willing to draft him very early, you know, potentially in the top ten. You know, it means a lot. I mean, he he missed the year. You know, so oh, he'll like, go top ten. Yeah, I think so. He he has the strongest arm in 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 the draft, right? Um, he is yeah. you know one of the best runners, if not the best runner in the draft. And you know, he didn't even play last year. Now, he's not uh, he's not great in moving from read to read. You know, um, you know sometimes like oh, well, you know, I, I would actually I shouldn't say that. I should say that sometimes he's not as good moving from read to read. Um, but he's one of those guys who can be a huge difference maker in fantasy football, right? He's not mm-hmm. as accurate as these other guys, um, but honestly, like, I think he'll be fine. He, like you said, his decision-making is good. He can literally be um, in a Lamar Jackson or Cam Newton type of situation somewhere where he isn't asked to throw as much as most teams. Like in college, he only averaged 18 passes per game. Um, you know, and he lowers his head like Cam Newton. So hopefully he learns to like not take those hits like we were talking about. Uh, he's big yeah. enough to take them, but you know, that's that's gonna add up. Um, and in, in that, that one year that he played, dude, he ran for 1100 yards. He ran for 1100 yeah. yards, threw for 28 touchdowns, no interceptions. I mean, that's a baller, that's a baller year right there. It you is. Know? So, uh, he's super, super intriguing. Um, but yeah, man, like, so these quarterbacks, like. You know, there's a lot of other quarterbacks. You know, it'll depend on where they land. Uh, after the draft, we'll definitely be ta- talking about landing spot, how that affects their value based on if they have other QB- QBs they're competing with, you know, or if they're sitting behind someone for now. Um, but, yeah, a- any other notes on any of these guys or anyone I didn't mention that you wanted to touch no. on? Okay. No. All right. Sounds good. All right. So let's get into tight ends. Um, 
All right, man. Kyle Pitts, right? All you need to know Kyle Pitts. is that it's worth taking a shot on him and redraft. And I'm doing so as early as the ninth round. I have no idea where his ADP is going to land, but I'm taking the lottery ticket. Even if I or end up with zero. Yeah, I don't care, dude. I don't care where he's going to land. Like, uh, uh, even if I end up with zero from him at the end of the day, he's worth taking a shot on. Like, he's a receiver in the body of a tight end. He's 250 pounds. He's 6'6". His wingspan is stupid. He catches with his hands. He makes difficult Tesla. grabs. Uh, he goes up and gets it. Like, he makes plays after the catch. He can win vertically like a wide receiver. He can block. So, like, he's what you're looking for, right? Like, he even had – like, in college, he's been going up against number one corners at times and winning against them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, like, I think when you're talking about a position that is so scarce, you just got to take that shot. Like, if I'm in a dynasty league, tight end premium or not, like, how high are you willing to take him in your rookie draft? Like, I think you got to consider him – Super early, number one pick, maybe. If you don't have a Waller, you don't have a Kelsey, Kittle, tight end premium, like, I don't think it's a question. I think you got to take yeah. him first overall. Tight end premium, obviously, without a doubt, he's going to be the first pick, um, or at least in that top three area. I draft a lot of times in Dynasty rookie drafts by need. Um, I mean, not always, but, like, if I, I'm really killing for a tight end right now, and I specifically traded up to three, which I don't think people in my league are really going to bite for Kyle Pitts at three, but I'm going to take him there because I just love the player. Um, Like you said, perfect profile. Four, he ran a 444 at the combine. Last tight end to do something like that was Vernon okay. Davis, who ran a 438 about you know back in the day and vernon davis through his career has was a fantastic fantasy asset and uh, even at the end of his career in washington like he, he still had times in his mid to late 30s where he was becoming you know he had his relevant cases and he made big plays so yeah whenever um, jordan reed got hurt like he was always fantasy relevant <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> which meant all, all the time yeah but, you know, as a whole, Kyle Pitts is just that guy. He's, like you said, the receipt. He's the best receiving asset in this class. He's better than yes. Jamar Chase. He's better than Devontae Smith. Easily. Right. He, he would be a first-rounder even if he wasn't a tight end. Like yeah. if, he was, if he was listed as a, as a wide receiver. Now, like, I get it in your dynasty league, like, in your dynasty rookie draft, like, you want Jamar Chase, you want Najee Harris, sure, You'll get, but you, you know, like for me, it's like you, you're going to get wide receivers, right? Like, and I'm okay taking those guys if I have a legit tight end, like the ones I mentioned. Um, but yeah, I don't know. But, but that's it for redraft for me. Like even if keeper, even keeper leagues, like I'm not, you know, like I'm not going anywhere outside of Kyle Pitts, you know, as far as tight end goes. Like yeah, here are the guys you can consider in dynasty rookie draft, right? But don't go overboard, right? Pat, Pat, how do you pronounce it? Pat Fryermuth? Fryermuth? Fryermuth. Fryermuth. Fryermuth? Fryermuth. Fryermuth. Uh, I'm just guessing. Like some. <laughs> <laughs> so some, some, a lot of people compare him to, to Gronk. Um, and I can see like what yeah. you're kind of saying. Like he can I've separate. Heard, right? I've he heard can, the he baby Gronk Yeah, he can, run, he can run routes. And I think the reason why people are saying that is because um, he can break tackles and he can block and he can run routes. I think that's kind of, that's it pretty much. Yeah. I, I think when he's blocking, he does lack a little bit of strength. I think Gronk, what makes him such a great blocker is the fact that he could overpower a person so easily. Pat Fairmouth more like a smart, like controlled blocker. Like he'll stay on his block and he'll push them to the side that he needs to go, but he's not, you know, he's not going to overpower and like pancake the guy he's trying to block. Um, he's a possession tight end. I, he's not a deep threat. 
you know, Gronk, if he needed to be, he could be a deep threat. And, you know, Pat Freemuth maybe playing like a Mike Gazicki type slot type of role in the position, you know, he could be good. He's six foot five, I believe, right? Like six foot five, six foot six. So he, he was basically the same size as Gronk. Now nah, I think he's a little smaller. No, I thought he was like six five, two fifty, something like that. Rob Gronk. How t- I thought Gronk was like six six or something. Gronk is six six, and Pat is six five. Oh, Gronk is so, six. You know, one inch shorter, but you know that kind of just puts him at the same height as just about every other tight end. I think Gronk is like a tall six six. I think the good thing about him is that like he can block too so like yeah. you know is there's a chance of him being on the field a ton you know yeah, absolutely that's, that's and I think like TJ Hawkinson you know great tight end prospect he was taking top 10 yeah um Pat Freermuth decent you know good tight end prospect probably early round two type guy, but yeah, I, I see him as more possession type receiver. Right. Um, no, I don't think he's going to be a first rounder, maybe no. early to mid second round. Right. Um, yeah. Just because it comes down to like, I think Jacksonville might be a team to take, you know, if they took Pat with the, their second first round pick, then I think that'd be a good spot to grab him. But then again, they have that early round pick in the second round. So I don't know. I, I just don't think he's going to be in the first round. I think it's going to be Kyle Pitts. I think this could be this giant gap. And then it's going to be Pat Freermuth and Brevin Jordan, who I'm sure we'll talk about. Yeah. Uh, and we'll get right into Brevin Jordan. Um, like Brevin Jordan's fast. Like he'll, he'll play as a receiver, right? In the slot, like you yes. said, most likely uh, what you're talking about. But, you know, he has to have the right fit. Like he hardly does any blocking. <laughs> so, like, we have no idea if he'll add that to his repertoire at any point. Um, he's pretty good after the catch in terms of breaking tackles. Yeah, he's, he's pretty great athletic. after the catch. Yeah, he's pretty athletic. Um, <laughs> someone I think you can take a flyer on if you're tight end needy in Dynasty. Um, he's he's not considered like a red zone guy because he doesn't have that catch radius. A lot of these he's other six tight foot ends three have. as well. He's not that six foot five. Oh, six he's a six foot three. Oh, okay, okay. So you know, which kind of sucks because like that's a big part of like your fantasy tight ends game. Yeah. Uh, but that's okay. Like, listen, like George Kittle, like look at George Kittle, right? Like his thing is like running after the catch. Like that's what he does best. So, yeah. you know, th- you know, th- these are the type of guys that you want to look for. And this guy, you know, despite him not being on the field for those blocking reps, that's okay. You know, we see a lot of these tight ends now, you know, they're not really blocking anymore, but they'll line up, you know, in the Z or in the slot um, and, and, yeah. and, and they're fine. And I, I hate to say it, and I hate to be that guy, but Brevin Jordan is like that Evan Ingram type, David Njoku type athletic tight end who probably shouldn't be blocking, but he can be a really good receiver at times, like a tall wide receiver. Um, and he just, that that's who he is in this class. Pat Freemuth is going to be that possession type guy. I um, mean, you know, that all around possession type tight end. Kyle Pitts is just on another freaking level the best tight end prospect we might have ever seen and then you have brevin jordan who's going to be that athletic playmaking tight end like you said after the catch um john is a lot taller than him and john actually is a pretty good blocker but i kind of compare him to like how john plays um and i guess not in the red zone i don't know just after the catch no, i feel like john is great after the catch type tight end so yeah that's how i view these guys um i i do like pat a little more than Brevin, but I think both Brevin and Pat will be good second round um, tight ends. I think Brevin and Pat should go to the Pats. They should have four tight ends there. 
I, I was saying I hope the Patriots as someone put it on Twitter uh I was like hope that right after like they sign Hunter Henry on top of John like okay they have to draft Kyle Pitts good measure now they just have to make sure <laughs> like they're in a good spot <laughs> all right so another guy I wanted to mention was Hunter Long um he doesn't seem much like someone. Him, so. He he doesn't seem like someone like who stands out in terms of being a real difference maker in the passing game. Uh, he was productive. Like I feel like he could be like a Zach Ertz kind of guy, like at his peak. You know, meaning like he'll depend on those receptions, but like, and there's no doubt he could be productive because he was productive. But it's more about like, is he going to do a lot with the ball after the catch? And it doesn't seem like he's that type of guy. Um, Tommy Tommy Tremble just want to like mention him quickly. He might be someone who's a little bit versatile. Like he can, he can, he could uh, block a little bit. He can run some routes. Um, but yeah, man, that's pretty much it. Like, you know, we don't There's really. There's also a guy named Trey McKitty. Yeah, yeah Trey, uh, Trey McKitty. I just too, wanted to he, mention I, his name. Yeah, he's an amazing name. Um, he he. I, the reason why I didn't bring him up is because like he needs to w- work a little bit more on running routes and his passing game, and he's not super developed in that area. Um, but he's, he is apparently uh, a decent blocker. I think, I think I got that right. Um, but yeah, so <laughs> these are the guys, things. these are basically the guys like I'm, I'm looking at a couple of these tight ends. You might not even have the draft, honestly, in, sure. even in the, in like a three round dynasty uh, draft rookie draft. Like you might not have to pick these guys up. Um, they could be free agents. It depends on what, what your league is like and you know, what kind of tight end premiums you have. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it, man. Um, you know, these are the quarterback and tight end um, guys that we're looking at, you know, to be fantasy relevant uh, this year and, you know, for the coming years. Um, next week, we're going to go over running backs. The week after that, we're going to go over wide receivers. And that surprise is still in store for that yes. week, two weeks from this week, where we're going the to wide have receiver a special, we're gonna have a special <laughs> guest for that wide receiver episode. We're not going to say who, just in case he cancels on us. (laughs) (laughs) He's big time. He's big time. He's big time. If he cancels on us, we're not going to get mad because he's big time. Um, I I don't think Vaughn would do that, would he? Vaughn Miller? No, he wouldn't. Okay. Vaughn Miller in the wide receiver episode. Um, (laughs) You're like drunken. (laughs) Yo, Vaughn, we got this podcast. Oh, man. Uh, Okay. So, yeah, that's pretty much it, guys. Like, I... Uh, you know, sorry we couldn't record an episode last week. I know a couple people messaged me asking about the off. episode, uh, but you know, I, I appreciate you guys letting us have a little week off here. Uh, and we're gonna get right back into it next week once again. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you can leave us a review on on Apple Podcasts, that would be amazing. Um, and yeah, just hit us up on Instagram. I'm at Upperhand Fantasy. Joe is at Fantasy.Football.Analyst. Uh, Hope you guys take care. Hope this was informative. Stay safe and we'll see you guys soon. Take it easy. See you.